Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Good, good. Good. R ready to go That's to work. Right. Went to bed last night listening to a little bit of news. Heard news about war and corruption. Yep. That's it. Woke up this morning and there was a new report, a yes. new report on more corruption. I thought we knew everything we had to know in a, and found out in these last couple of months with the Republicans in charge on really what's going on. But they're still investigating and that's good. Maybe, maybe we'll get some real reforms done sometime. But James Comer is the uh, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, and he's doing a good job. Happens to be from Kentucky. Oh, so, uh, so he, uh, he has released uh, more of this information about the corruption in the Biden family. Do you think every one of those members should go to jail? Yeah. What about if there was an 18-year-old and he didn't even know these people <laughs> and they used his name and opened up an account yeah, for him? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Even the dog probably so, has an account. Well, <laughs> they might find one guy that they can pin it on and, and he can become the scapegoat. And the guys who orchestrated that and walked away with uh, these, you know, thousands of dollars. Oh, no, thousands are wrong. That, that's what happened? Good. What's the news this morning? $20 million? $20 million bucks, yeah. You know, pretty soon that's going to add up to be a bit of money, too. <laughs> but you know what? If they've already know there's 20 million, you know, the ramifications of it, how long has it been going on, and what haven't they discovered, who knows how much has been involved. Uh, but the whole thing is, uh, I, I think the big issue is all the corruption over Russiagate and what went on with Hillary and doing all those horrible, horrible things. They were able to. Now, this shows they, they are very capable people. They were able to take all these sins and convert them into charges by Trump, and the American people said Trump was guilty of all the things that they have been doing. Yeah, exactly. They might not have used those uh, that corruption and the money, uh, but uh, uh, the corruption, like he was going to take over the government, insurrections, and everything else. So it's such a gross distortion of the truth, and I think uh, this this is good. Uh, and but right now. Every time they find out uh, something about the Bidens, it's canceled in a way, at least the attempt is made, to find, find something bigger and worse that Trump did. And uh, when you compare the 10% uh, coverage of what Trump, uh, you, you know, is uh, <coughs> what Biden is doing, 10% of that is revealed. but. 110% of what Trump is involved in, and they make up the stories, they blamed him for all the things that they were doing. So it is sad, but these are hints that uh, on the long run, you know, I, I think these people can't go down in history as honorable citizens. Well, this is the pattern in the Biden family, and it really is a mafia family. There's no question about it. If you remember back Trump's first impeachment, was he, he got on the horn with Zelensky and said, hey, can you look into some of these dirty dealings of Biden? Well, it turns out now, and we'll talk about it in a second, that there was plenty, plenty to ask about that. So what did Biden do? He pushed his people to impeach Trump <laughs> over asking about the dirty deals, which is exactly what they did about that prosecutor in Ukraine. He started looking into Hunter Biden's dirty deals. Boom, they got him fired. Biden himself bragged about getting him fired. So this is what this is what they do. It's like the Godfather. You go against them, they knock you off, and that's what they're doing. So here's the breaking news from this morning. If you put that first one up, which is a Comer, as you pointed out, has done a lot of uh, has done us all a favor. House GOP release bank records on Hunter Biden payments 
from Russian and Kazakh oligarchs. Total clears $20 million, 20 million bucks. Here's how the Daily Caller put it, if you do the next one. House Oversight releases bank records showing Hunter Biden took millions from Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs. They were for sale and the money came flowing. And as we know from other releases, they had all these shell companies. And, you know, I was reading some, some Democrats said, well, well, they never proved that, that Biden got a check. Well, of course not. That's why you have a shell company <laughs> here and a shell company there. It's not like, dear Joe, here's some money. You know? <laughs> right. But, but, you know, the, uh, this whole thing about uh, 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 Biden doing these things. But when he was on the air and he was doing this interview and he was, you know, getting, getting them to you know, send over more money, more money. But he was interviewed to say that if you don't do this, I'm calling my dad yeah. and, and, you know, and we're going to, you have to fire him, you have to fire him. And then, you know, it was so blatantly evil, but, but he bragged about it. Yeah, that's so that's crazy. where their mentality is. I mean, it's, it's so open ended there and you can see what they're doing. Uh, but then they think uh, they're arrogant and they think they can get away with it. And I don't know what year that was, but they do get away with it for a little bit. And, so and look, they were flying high and they say, well, we we have Trump on the ropes. <laughs> the, yeah. the only I guess they could have done that to weaker souls than Trump. You know, tr Trump's, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, has pauses and negatives. But one thing is they don't push him around too much. The average person would have said, I've had it. This is this is just too much. And uh, how can you know, the amount of money that Trump had to spend, uh, raise the money, his money and spend just to keep these cases, you know, answer all the charges made. Yeah. It's it's really criminal. And how come they can't file suit against, you know, these unreasonable charges? There's supposed to be rules against that on what they can uh, what they can charge. Them. But if they're all lies, yeah. <laughs> that some days they ought to be punished. They're the crime family. Well, let's look. Here's the memo. If you turn on that next one, uh, it was a 19-page memo outlining uh, all of the details of the records that were being sent. Uh, as you can see now, it was released just this morning. Third bank records memorandum from Oversight Committee investigation to the Biden family influence peddling and business schemes. Now here is a, if you go to the next one, here is a Fox News write-up <coughs> of it. And, and, you know, we're not going to go into the, into the weeds here too much, Dr. Paul. That's not really what we do on the program. But here's a couple of things. Um, this is from the Fox write-up. 19-page memo provides screenshots of redacted bank records. It says millions in payments came from Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings, we know that, <laughs> as well as Russian oligarch Yelena Baterina and Kazakhstani oligarch Kenesh Rakishev, and that then-Vice President Biden attended dinners with Baterina, Rakishev, and eighth representative from Burisma. And it says, um, the memo states, the Vice President met in person for significant periods of time with those individuals or the representatives. The VP Biden joined approximately 20 phone calls on speakerphone with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates and attended dinners with foreign oligarchs who paid huge sums of money to Hunter Biden. This is from the memo. Joe Biden, quote, the brand was the only product the Bidens sold. 20 million bucks. 
Easy money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, easy money. Hopefully, it'll lead to hard times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But that that's not likely to happen. You know, it just seems like so far. Uh, yeah, so far that's good. Uh, but but so, so far, you know, the, he's they've how many dollars worth of positive uh, lying on the media <laughs> circles in the last ten years? Can you imagine how much if you had to pay? For that amount of information to put out there to advertise a position, it has to be in it has to be into the hundreds of millions of dollars because there's a lot of people. I, I still think the 20 million is big and corrupt and leads you into uh, you know really suspicious what's going on. But I bet you overall the cost of this. How much how much was the cost on on uh, lying about Trump's, Trump's campaign? Yeah, you know that had to be millions and millions of dollars, but. But uh, they, they've been able to get away with it. That's why the ideas and the control of media are so important. That is also the reason why we've emphasized this thing. When governments and big business get together, they can control you know, the freedom of speech of individuals. And that's still a mess. But uh, I think we've made some progress there where people are starting to wake up and not trust social media and a few others. But that is a big problem. And that's another reason why none of these releases ever make the mainstream media. They just act as if it didn't exist. Yeah. You know? They don't even bother to debunk it. They just ignore it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Pardon me, but if you go one more, I just want to do... Uh, this is um, Comer himself, the, tre the, uh, the chairman of the Oversight Committee. And here's what he says when he's reflecting on this memo. He says, it appears no real services were provided other than access to the Biden network, including Joe himself and Hunter Biden seems to have delivered. This is made clear by the meals at Cafe Milano, where then Vice President Joe Biden dined with oligarchs from around the world who had sent money to his son. He said the committee would continue to seek witness testimony. Here's that Democrat that I mentioned. He said a spokesman from the minority uh, staff on the committee called the third memo empty and said it doesn't implicate President Biden in any wrongdoing. Can you imagine <laughs> if it was Trump who had done a fraction of it? He's going to have a meeting with someone who was doing business with Donald Trump Jr. I mean, he'd already be in jail. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a sad story. And you talk about the Department of Justice. Yeah. There, there, there is none. And I think there's been a significant change systematically over 100 years of shifting from a republic to, to this authoritarian system that we have. And if you don't have a justice system, there is no republic. You yeah. can't, can't have it because they control things. And of course, my uh, decade of uh, becoming more alert to what was going on was in the 60s. I mean, yeah. That was when the deep state really showed their muscle. Uh, and, and now that has progressed and uh, bits and pieces of people starting to resist. But it's, it's and, it, and it has to be, you know, competing with them with if they're telling a lie, you have to refute them and you have to stick to your guns. You have to tell the truth and you have to have principles behind it. And uh, you, you can't use force. What they do, force and intimidations and, uh, you know, the authoritarian approach, like the freedom of speech, what do they do? If, if you don't do what we tell you, we're, you've lost your job. Yeah, it, okay. it'll, it'll ruin your life. And they were capable of doing that. They did that to a lot. Well, here's uh, an article that I wanted to bring up, Dr. Paul, and it's written by someone who I follow on, on uh, Twitter and I have a lot of respect for, Max Abrams. He's a professor at Northeastern University, and he did a piece in Newsweek that I think 
particularly, I think you published it yesterday, but particularly in light of what we've seen this morning with the new release, the headline is appropriate. Does Ukraine have compromat on Joe Biden is the question that Professor Abrams asks. Now he goes through the beginning of the article talking about how many years they talked about how uh, the Russians have compromat on uh, Trump. You know, there was that tape that apparently, uh, supposedly that he was involved in and he was on record with prostitutes and what have you. All of it lies made up by Hillary Clinton's feverish mind. None of it was true. But, he's, but Professor Abrams is saying, well, in light of all that being absolutely fake, why don't we look at that same idea with the Bidens and with Ukraine? Do they have something on Biden? And I think the question, I think, can be answered in the affirmative. At least it appears that way. Let's look at this next clip. This is from uh, Abrams' piece. <coughs> he's talking about the testimony of Devin Archer. And he's talking about Shokin. Now, Shokin, we were just talking about him. He was the prosecutor who was fired when Joe told him, <laughs> told Ukraine to fire him. So here's what, here's what uh, Abrams writes. Archer also testified that Shokin was fired by Joe for not, not for being a corrupt prosecutor, but for investigating the millions <laughs> of dollars Burisma was paying Hunter, whom the company owner, Mikola Zhukleski, said was, quote, stupider than my dog. <laughs> In subsequent interviews, Archer has even more clearly confirmed that Shokin was fired for pursuing Burisma's enormous payoffs to the Biden family. And he said, all of this is well known to Ukrainian officials. Shokin himself released a video, and I watched part of that video, Dr. Paul, directly rebutting Biden loyalists in the American media, in which he explains in detail why Vice President Biden threatened Ukraine's president with holding back critical American aid if Shokin was not immediately fired. Um, if we put the next one on, uh, sorry to, to, to belabor this, Dr. Paul, but I think it's a good question. And here's what Shokin said in a video he made just recently. He said, the depiction of these investigations as dormant has nothing to do with reality of the facts. Mr. Biden was told we were going to start questioning his son and others, Archer and others, all involved in the Burisma case. And everyone understood very well that this fight was going to end badly for them. Biden had understood what was looming. We were about to reach the outcome of the case. Having understood all this, Biden used all the unofficial means at his disposal. Biden was acting on behalf of his own interests for his family. Joe Biden had, no, had reason to fear all of this would eventually fall on his son. And for that, he was fired at the demand of Biden. I find this uh, fascinating, interesting, and an evil that what uh, a, dis a, a dishonest uh, Department of Justice can do within our country. But this is international. All of a sudden, you know, that they're, they're, they're talking about not a problem here in the United States, but, you know, in a foreign country. But, <coughs> but, but that confirms the fact that I think, you know, the deep state is very powerful. I do believe we have an empire, and I don't believe we have national security. If they can take and, and be corrupt over there just casually as they do the corruption yeah. here, it's all one and the same. And uh, it's either bribe or 
shoot them, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that, that to me, you know, has uh, developed over a period of time, but uh, it's also something that if it's not attacked, it's not going to go away, uh, you know, easily. And, and, and to, to me, I think it's surprising that, uh, you know, they, they work so hard to get all this money, and everybody likes to have money, and people should... People should look at people who have been successful, and I'd like to do that. I'd like yeah. to have a car and a house and take care of my family and have a vacation. But what about all this stuff that they go through and they pick up, you know, a few million bucks here and there. But, uh, but you say, well, isn't it pretty neat? Joe can go to the beach and lounge on the beach. <laughs> yeah. but what, what does he really do for that? Eventually, this stuff weighs you down and you become a prisoner of your operation. Instead of being, a, a, you know, a participant in a free society in getting along with people and working on ways of getting along with people and preventing it. One of the things that bothers me the most is the advertisements you know, to help the people who have been injured in the wars that we precipitated. It just tears me up because they really are victimized. But we should be doing a lot more to not only being compassionate about helping people like that, I believe in that, but I also believe in the compassion that pressures us to say, well, why don't we look at the cause and yeah. why don't we work to prevent it and, and steer from this? Because right now we're talking about a symptom of a corrupt system and a corrupt justice system, a corrupt monetary system, a corrupt military and industrial complex. It's all that. But if we don't go back that one step and, and look at what is the precipitating cause, and it is, it is dishonesty and not having a belief in uh, what a uh, higher law is all about, and yeah. even if it is cooks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of Biden and Ukraine, you say, what do they have on him? What's going on? What's the deal here? Well, here we go. Here's a couple. Here's a little bit of foreign news. Uh, Ukraine declares war on Russian shipping, shipping in the Black Sea. This is from our friends at antiwar.com. And this it comes out of a couple of hits that the Ukrainians did on Russian military ships and a Russian flagship in the Black Sea. Uh, they caused some damage to a, uh, to a military ship and they caused some damage to an empty tanker. Uh, from that, Zelensky told Politico that everything the Russians are moving on the Black Sea are valid military targets. Uh, it sounds like a pretty hollow threat. Uh, however, it does carry with it. I think you have some thoughts on it. It might not actually be war with Russia. but Well, you know, it's so, so generalized. And you could almost substitute it. In my mind, I was substituting, even though that was not literal. Uh, who's declaring war? So when we think about, you know, our patsies, the people who do our bidding, and it's not us, Oh, it's just NATO, just NATO. Oh, we're part of that. But it's NATO doing it. No, no, it's Ukraine. They're, they're fighting for their survival. And, and when I look at that, I just want to change that Ukraine. Ukraine is probably the most, uh, you know, irrelevant part of the whole system. Yeah. You know, they're irrelevant. And uh, now uh, I keep thinking uh, you have, to, have trouble keeping up with how many more additional payments uh, are we going to send? And this, this one's is new. We just read about it today. Yeah. $10 billion they want. And uh, they've already started receiving some tanks that they've been waiting for. Yeah. But, you know, the one thing here that uh, <clears throat> I find interesting is that, uh, you know, the escalation of the war has been going on. And you know what? And they say, oh, there's, it looks like uh, the Ukrainians are doing 
a little bit better because they have the cluster bombs. Yeah. They say they're they're bragging now that see we got them their cluster bombs and now they're starting to win. And and what are we doing? Expanding the war to inviting every country that <coughs> has made or are nearby the Black Sea to be involved in the next war, which looks like uh, that area is getting more dangerous than ever. Yeah, and as you point out, I mean, <coughs> these uh, ships in the Black Sea these are U.S. weapons and it's U.S. targeting. You can say it's NATO or whatever, but it's U.S. stuff. So you're right. I think it is the U.S. is trying to declare war, trying to ramp it up. But, you know, we go back to the what is Biden and Ukraine? What's their relationship? Well, go to the next one now because this is from anti-war as well. As you just said, Dr. Paul, Biden is expected to ask Congress for more Ukraine funding this week. $150 billion wasn't enough. Uh, the White House is expected to formally ask Congress to authorize additional funding for the Ukraine war as soon as this week. Now, this is the part that's interesting. The funding would be in the form of an emergency supplemental that would also include money for domestic disaster relief and potential military aid for Taiwan. You know how this works, Dr. Paul. They put all of this bitter medicine in a pill that's going to advertise free money. You've got a climate disaster. You've got a this disaster, <laughs> that disaster. Oh, you don't want to be bailed out? Well, then too bad. You've got to have to give money for Ukraine and for Taiwan, all this money is off the books, you know, and we talked about this last week, I think when we talked about uh, the military spending bill. This is all off the books because they were, they were uh, constricted as to how much the budget could be. They said, oh, don't worry, we just do some supplementary emergency funding and you'll get as much as you want. So well, I, think, I think, sorry, I'm just going to no. say, I think, I think there's a rush to do this because the tide, as we talked about yesterday, is turning. It's changing. And, and then when the, <clears throat> run, when the Treasury runs bare, they're going to have to slow up, too. And I see Russia got a little bit annoyed by all this activity, and they're even starting to attack the uh, ports on the Danube River. Yeah. I mean, you talk about spreading it out, but it's all Russia. Yeah. It's all Russia. You know, so that uh, that's the reason why, you, you know, when they were talking about these appropriations, I thought it was sort of interesting that uh, the, the the Congress right now are more in favor of bashing Russia and helping Ukraine and all that stuff, but they also like China. So they're having this appropriation that they just are getting ready to pass. Well, the deal is, okay, we'll make a deal with you, Republican peaceniks. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, you, you, you know, we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll, you, you can vote for money for, uh, you know, uh, you, Ukraine, and uh, we'll vote money for China. Yeah, we all so that's, that's that. That's that. Uh, bipartisanship yeah, exactly. that usually just totally backfires on people so but if you have a principle of war or peace you don't have to do this mickey mousing around oh sometimes we're for war and sometimes we're for peace yeah. and sometimes we'll do this and we'll work a deal maybe if we bribe this guy they can change their mind so it's nonsense <laughs> and uh, it it isn't that hard to figure out the, the, what is right and what is wrong and uh it, we could at least have a guide of our constitution to tell us what we should be doing, but uh, I still think that uh, people should be more aware of what a higher law is all about, and it doesn't mean that you should kill as many people as you can to get away with uh, uh, more uh, effort to gain power and money. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I think what's really the most cynical and disgusting thing is that even the mainstream media is starting to admit what people like Doug McGregor have been saying from the beginning 
which is Ukraine is losing and will lose the war. But despite admitting this, they're still egging them on. You guys, more of you need to die. You need to be slaughtered because we need to attack Russia. Here's a CNN article, one in the latest in a long series of recent articles admitting that Ukraine is losing. This title is Western allies receive increasingly sobering updates on Ukraine's counteroffensive. Quote, this is the most difficult time of the war. And let's go forward because this is one quote from this. And remember, this is CNN, the most pro-war probably network there is. Um, here is a senior Western diplomat quoted by CNN, quote, I think they're still going to see for the next couple of weeks if there's a chance of making some progress. But for them to really make progress that would change the balance of the conflict, I think it's extremely highly unlikely. They know that they're not winning. And let's fast forward one more. Mike Quigley, U.S. representative and Illinois Democrat, he also knows that. Our briefings are sobering. We're reminded of the changes they face, he said. This is the most difficult time of the war. Yet he still urges more money to be spent and for the war to go on, even seeing as they do that there is no counteroffensive gains whatsoever. You know, and Doug's had the experience, had military experience, and now he's a historian and he understands this. But I'm still anxious to get people to think about these things sooner. You know, how long are we going to be there? Uh, what, what, how, when's the war over? What do we do? And who's, who is the enemy? And why is, why is that, that country uh, the, the enemy today, but not yesterday? And that's the, that's, the, that's the whole problem, I think, is they just won't. I remember one time when the committees were, uh, the Foreign Policy Committee was uh, debating this uh, acceleration of the war in the Middle East, and uh, there was one one of the experts on there says, okay, how long do you think it's going to last? What, what is it? Do you think you're going to be there? Six months, six years, or how many? How many, how many casualties do you think yeah. you have? And if you recall, there was zero answer. Oh, we don't know. We, you know Dr. They, Paul, we can, we can hardly <laughs> we can't, we, we do We can't mess around with those details. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I think I was really brash. I said, you know, this war could last for 10 years. Yeah. Ported, I understate oh, yeah. that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? That was the famous neocon. <laughs> Richard Pearl. Yeah, yeah, your friend. Dr. Paul, I'm afraid we can't. Bro. <laughs> it's not going to last longer than a couple of days, honest. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll no. be home <laughs> next week. Huh? Yeah. So I'm going to, if you if you think we've managed things, I'm going to ask um, if we can go to the very last clip. It's a picture because we're talking about Colonel Doug McGregor. Uh, put up that very last clip. We're going to skip ahead a few if we can and put on that final clip. Uh, one more after that, please. The final clip, there we go. We've been talking about Doug McGregor. All of you have seen Doug McGregor on Tucker Carlson's show over and over and over. Everything he has said from the beginning has been vindicated. Uh, everything uh, Colonel McGregor has said has been vindicated. You've seen him over and over on Tucker's show. Well, we have him at our conference. I've mentioned it before, but anyone out there watching who wants to hear the person who was right from the beginning He's going to give a great talk on the four horsemen of the apocalypse at the Ron Paul Institute September 2nd conference. I've pinned a link in the comments. It's also in the description to get your tickets today. Listen to Doug McGregor in person uh, and as well as a lot of other great speakers. But you've, 
uh, you're not going to want to miss the opportunity to hear what he has to say. Over to you, Dr. Very Paul. good. And I, w of course, would urge as many people as possible to come because uh, we think it's very important that we do our best to spread a, a message. And I, I think this is uh, interesting that uh, news comes quickly. I mentioned at the opening of this program that uh, we're reporting on a release today. And, uh, and just think how many things could happen between now and when our conference starts. Think of what could happen during the conference for that matter. You know, on the very day our conference would have been started today, uh, you know, we get these major announcements. But it's, 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 these, are, these are important, but they're not the, the big one. Some one of these days, one of these uh, uh, exaggerations of uh, the re re reactions to what's going on can be much more, you know, breathtaking and sinister and costly. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be readily apparent that it's not just Ukraine, uh, you know, being attacked unfairly by Russia. Uh, because it's a lot more complicated than that, but it's, it is not hard to understand if, if people want to just open up their minds and look at this. The information is there, but it's not going to be on your evening news on the major networks. They're not going to give you that information, and that's one of the things that we're dedicated to, is to, to get the information the best we can from the people we know and trust and present it because that's the only real tool we have is information spread. In a way, uh, you know, uh, during the re revolutionary time of, for our country, they had pamphleteering. And I'll tell you what, if they could accomplish what they did against the greatest army at that time ever uh, to overcome and, and demand their independence and their liberty, it's pretty amazing. They didn't have a computer and televisions and radios. They didn't have an army. They didn't have anything. But they had their voices. They had a pamphleteering movement. And the information got there. And that is the way things change. People's attitudes have to change. Because I believe in the attitude that says that the government one a country has is a reflection of the attitude of the people. Uh, even though at times it gets out of hand because some of the times the government is so authoritarian and so vicious that the attitude of the people takes a while to get up the uh, ability uh, to resist. So right now we still have enough of our freedoms that we can have a conference. And I'd like to make the conference very successful and, uh, and spread a message that I consider very important. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.